This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had a returning guest, a Matt Ford, comedian, impressionist, and a former political worker, as he describes in his book, joined us, didn't he? He was, he was on good form. We had uh, about three little chats, a bit about football, a bit about various other things. And uh, don't ask me. Don't ask me. Very exciting, don't ask me today. So uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. I was going to do a long thing about how David Moyes' football is really dull and I don't really like him. And then we played the way we played. I can't say anything. You can't. That was one of the worst... My son says to me, this is the worst game ever played on British soil. I think that's probably pushing it I don't know. I couldn't disagree with him. It was absolute stinker, wasn't it? Two managers who basically didn't really want to lose, two teams that didn't want to lose. It was Mm. a poor, poor game. And, uh, you know, that's my second nil-nil in a row, to be honest. I prefer the three threes. Oh, do you? Well, you know, uh, Mendy was a good thing. That was a good thing. I but didn't pref- prefer three threes last weekend. I've got yeah. to be honest. Not that, not that Chelsea particularly deserved to win, but that, honestly, there isn't anybody in Britain that doesn't think that was a penalty except Atwell. I mean, I, I find it amazing mm. that the previous week Atwell's refereeing, and he gives a really soft penalty for a foul by Lamptey that wasn't really on, a, on Batshuayi. Well, yeah, just oh, Vic, oh, I've fallen. I've just put just touched his shoulder. One of those. So obviously yeah. he sees this this week, and he thinks he's obviously had criticism for doing that. So he doesn't do anything. He doesn't say to a- Atkinson, "Go and look at it." I imagine that Atkinson gets home and watches match of the day. Does he ring up Atwell and say, "What on earth are you doing? Yeah. Why don't you let me go and look at the screen?" Yeah, oh, it's pathetic. It was a headline. God, it was a a proper old school. I mean, Frank Lampard isn't one for going in, you know, for doing this, but even he said that it was a penalty. Yeah, it was poor. No, I mean, I I, as a neutral, I I felt it was a pen as well. But Mm. we're going to talk about this. This 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 clear and obvious thing. So we'll talk to uh, former referee Mark Halsey later on. My view is they hide behind it. Yeah, I think you've got a point. Um, it, it, It allows you to sort of walk away from situations. This clear and obvious call. But anyway. We'll have a look at that later on. We learned a very interesting fact about uh, David Moyes this weekend. Yes, what was that? David Moyes loves something in in the uh, in the food cabinet. Uh, have a look at. I'll give you three guesses. Have a look at David Moyes and what do you think he's got a bit of a penchant for that you might uh, find in your uh, in your kitchen cabinets? 
could be anything. Well, I know it could be, but yeah. just think of the man. Think, think of what of you man. think he'd like. I mean, mean, some cheese-based item. <laughs> it's something well, incredibly dull. Isn't it? Really, you get no pleasure <laughs> no, out not. of eating. No, it's not. I, 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 some cheese-based. I'd like you to be a bit more specific. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It could be anything. You're going to know it, can, Camembert. Camembert. Well, okay. No, it's not Camembert. Andy. <laughs> okay. Have another guess. <laughs> anything in the cabinets? He's got a bit of a soft spot for. Craft cheese slices. It's not cheese. Now, let me just tell you, it's not. You move away from cheese. Uh, move off of cheese. Uh, haggis. <laughs> now, see, that's that's a cheap shot, and it's too obvious. Haggis. Well, it's custard. Custard. David Moyes confessed, uh, I really love custard. I just love it, he said. Uh, really? This was because when he was in isolation, he got a bit of a red so cross you like it thick and stodgy that you can't get through it. <laughs> so you're still keeping with the, the, the analogy, even though well, it's custard. I, I owe him a few for those terrible afternoons at the bridge when Everton came there and were absolutely dreadful but went away with the points. Always beat you. See, mm. you're, 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 you're not a bitter man at all. No. But, yeah, so next time you see uh, David Moyes, have a little bit of custard ready for him. He's a big fan. <laughs> One of my favourite moments of the weekend was a tweet from Monty Panesar. Oh, yeah. Yes, the former left-arm spinner, mm. who now has his own kind of YouTube Twitter channel or something yeah. like that. And he says, uh, we had an American journalist. He, he tweeted Donald Trump he, direct. He said, we had an American journalist on my show. He believes you would win. <clears throat> would you be available for an interview when you win? <laughs> I think to myself, that's the first thing he's not going to want to do, really, is going to be interviewed by Monty Panasar. My great friend. We'll get Matt, Matt Ford later great on bowler. to say, my great friend, <laughs> the bowler Monty Panasar. Honestly. Um, Andy, I'm gonna, we're going to ask the listeners a question this afternoon. Oh, yeah. Have you ever used uh, a sporting, a piece of sporting equipment for something that mm. wasn't sport? So that could be anything, any item of sporting mm. equipment that you found a useful that wasn't sporting. Because Ian Carter, not that one, mm. but uh, from Lytham St Anne's in Lancashire, wrote to the Telegraph, and he's been suffering from scam phone calls. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of people do, yeah. And he said, I too suffer from scam phone calls. What I do is I keep a referee's whistle by the phone. Oh, that's a very good idea. <laughs> Wait till the scammer gets into their stride, probably a point where they're yeah. saying, I understand you've had an accident that wasn't your fault. <laughs> yeah. And then give them a blast, <laughs> says Ian. I don't know if he gives them the f a quick peep, like he's a free kick, or whether he gives them the full full time. Really. It is fairly childish. Yeah. But it did strike me that we could ask the listeners if they ever uh, used an item of sporting equipment mm. not for its intended purpose, within reason, of course. <laughs> I mean, Talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. And, of course, we've been watching sport all weekend, mostly, almost 90%, say, without any fans at all. But yeah. I happened to be flicking through the channels on Saturday afternoon waiting for El Clasico, and I came across a, a live game from China. I think it was a semi-final. All right. Oh, full crowd there. Don't worry about it. It's marvellous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No masks, Thanks. full crowd. Chongqing, by the way, have a player called Alain Carr. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Whereas the, whereas the GAA, uh, the, uh, Gaelic Sports, resumed yeah. uh, with a reduced mm. playoffs. It's just all going to be held in three weeks. But no fans. I was thinking they should move it to Shanghai. Hold it there. Really? The players had basically had to travel in their own cars to Croke Park. Yeah, I know. Uh, amazing. I think that's been happening quite a lot. Some teams have uh, been doing yeah, that Yeah, I think most thing. football teams are going by. 
coach. I'll tell you one of the other things that's happening is the way that teams and players are feeding off of the perceived slight of having to mm. change in reduced circumstances. Because of COVID, oh, yeah, yeah. you can't use the, the dressing room. Southampton last week. Southampton yeah, last yeah, week yeah. had to change, go up two flights of stairs oh, and change shame. in a gym. They are quite fit. <clears> I think they can manage it. But that, that got the boys fired up. That was um, Ralph's team talk, apparently. Uh, this week... Um, it's so funny football. If Kepa, if, if Kepa hadn't played in that game, if Mendy had played in that game, Chelsea would have won easily. Absolutely easily. It's incredible how it all gets rewritten about being about two sets of <laughs> flights of steps. Well, I don't, look, it wasn't major. They didn't major on the two, uh, two flights of steps. It was mentioned in passing. They played but, well yesterday, though. But other teams are uh, feeding off of it. There was a, a story today involving uh, Gillingham and Fleetwood. And uh, same sort of thing had gone on there. Uh, Fleetwood Town player said they were motivated by having to change in the uh, club shop, in the Gillingham club shop. That's p- probably pushing it a bit, isn't it? <laughs> Not like two flights of stairs. Imagine you're standing, you're leaning on one of the racks that's covered in Gillingham well, they've shirts. Got, they've probably got dressing rooms, changing rooms. Well, yeah, but no, that's the whole point. You know, you need, you've got overspill. Yeah. You can't be in the small mm. dressing rooms. No, you've no, got to socially distance. So well, I don't know how they did it. But anyway, they did, uh, they, they had to go and get changed. Hmm. And uh, and they they couldn't shower in there, of course. Well, because it's a shop, you wouldn't expect <laughs> you wouldn't expect a fully working set of showers no, no, in wouldn't. the club shop, yeah, would you? True, yeah. But teams are feeding off of it, so uh, watch out, managers, where you're getting teams to change at the moment. Uh, recently, had a problem with squirrels digging holes in my lawn, says one of the listeners, uh, leaving holes like pitch marks. So I use my putter and uh, pitch mark <laughs> repairer to repair and tap down the holes. I uh, think my neighbour thought I was going mad. Uh, no name on that, Sally. Another one without a name. I use an ice hockey stick to prop my chicken shed door open. This is this, this is good stuff, isn't it? Mm, it's all good, yeah. This is what they want. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet J to tell us uh, items of sporting equipment you've used not for the intended purpose. <laughs> this one, I use my Goldie's glove to get stuff out of the oven, says Lewis. That's probably quite dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want it to sort of melt on, do you? No, not but a really. big pair of old Roish goalie gloves <laughs> to present the Sunday roast with. <laughs> Thank you, Lewis, for that. Yeah, I'm currently using the stumps from the kids' cricket set to mark out a square in the garden to dig out my new shed base, says Ian. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. Joining us now to chat Mm. about his uh, new book, someone we've spoken to quite a lot over the last couple of, well, a couple of times, certainly. He's he's not on every week, but he's been on a few (laughs) times. And we're always delighted when he is. Comedian, you're currently hearing us. more than a couple of times. Well, no, I mean in recent months. I don't mean ever, Andy. I wish I hadn't gone down this avenue now. His new book is called Politically Homeless. It's Matt Ford. Good afternoon, Matt. Good evening. I hope I'm not becoming a problem. Yeah, you are. No, I mean, no, I just I, 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 a cease and desist letter on its way from my solicitors. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's great fun, the book, and it's, it's obviously a serious side to it as well. But it's it's you kind of telling your story of somebody who was very politically engaged. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. You know, you support a party, you're wholeheartedly committed to it, you work for it um, first voluntarily and and sort of then for a living. And then, you know, things change as they can do in political parties and you don't feel like it's your home anymore. No, that's very true. You know, I got into politics like I got into football at a young age. You know, I just became totally obsessed with it and really threw myself into it. And um, it was the Labour Party for me and I'm a Forest fan. So those things were kind of running together in my life the whole time. Hmm. And uh, I ended up working for the party towards the end of the Blair era and when Gordon Brown took over. And then in the years that followed ended up drifting further and further away from it. And then in the last 10 years, definitely the last five, 
I just found it unbearable. And it was a strange place to be. And it would be like not supporting your football team anymore. You know, I was defined by the fact that I was a Labour member. It was a big part of who I am. It felt really strange for you know, the last two general elections. I haven't been able to vote for them. So it, it was a really odd... I thought it was just such an odd tale. And I think in a weird way, it's kind of, you know, the book's a bit like fever pitch for politics, really. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a story of obsession and of fandom. Um, but then it all went to, all went to hell, sadly. Um, so I, I'm kind of left in limbo now. Yeah. Do I mean, you, much like football, you can't just mm. go and support somebody. Well, I suppose you can, but you, you can't find it in your heart to just to go off and support somebody else People instead. do change, don't they, more than they think Yeah, they maybe, in, maybe in politics more than they do in football, Matt, mm. actually. Oh, I do. I think so. Yeah, and you know, if you and, and the the data shows you that you know, back in the old days, working class people voted Labour and middle class people voted Tory, and and that thing that's just completely changed. And if you look where the Tories won at the last election, they're winning in places they'd never been able to win before. And and Labour's vote is becoming more middle class and more university educated. There's these huge social changes that run underneath it. But for me, I'm a fairly moderate chap around the centre left. I don't think that the private sector is all bad. I don't want the state to run everything. I think that's where most people are. They care about the NHS. They care about our schools, but they want certain amounts of individual freedom. And I thought the last election, really, the two major parties had completely deserted that middle ground. And I know my story is one of, of falling out of love with the Labour Party, but I have friends who were Tories who felt exactly the same way. You know, at the last election, you had Tory MPs who didn't want to be in the Tory party anymore. So it was, I think the last few years on left and right, there's been a real breakdown in the relationships between the two major parties and their and their supporters. And it's a very strange time, but I, I tried to, I did try and make the book as funny as possible. Yeah. So I know it's quite a bleak <laughs> backdrop, but there's a couple of rude jokes in there. Yeah, this huge dress is a chicken. <laughs> Chasing, <laughs> chasing politicians around the street. That's very good. Oh, man. But that's like a rite of passage in British politics, isn't it? For, <laughs> for, for a political leader to be chased by a chicken knows, shows you've arrived. But, I mean, I sweat a lot at the best of times. These were like during by-elections in the heat. You can't see out of those chicken masks. No one tells yeah. you this. You're having to look out the nostril of a rubber mask. Oh, I, was, I was all over the place. I probably looked drunk. <laughs> Do, do you think it's easier to write a book like this, though? Because, you know, if you position yourself on the right, you know, it, it somehow isn't people, it's it's not as attractive, is it? I mean, the things you stand for really are hard to disagree. Better society, fairer society. I think most people would agree with that. I think so. And a lot of your listeners listening who may vote conservative or consider themselves on the right would say that they agree with that as well. You know, it's it's the way we categorise these things sometimes is, is, you know, we use shorthand and it makes sense. But I, I think one of the things that I tried to say in the book as well is that <laughs> this idea that left wing people are morally superior to right wing people is not something I ever really agreed with. And my experience sometimes certainly of dealing with you know, I had a brief spell in the Socialist Worker Party for about a fortnight when I was about 14, and it didn't last for a number of reasons. But, um, you know, Tories don't see themselves as bad people. Um, so, you know, they would say, well, I agree with that. It's just that their version of fairness is perhaps different to mine and maybe different to yours or, or maybe not. So um, no one thinks they're voting from a position of malice, if you know what I mean. Mm. I just think the way that we think about politics is often that, oh, Labour are a bit nicer. And I think, um, for me, Corbyn kind of disproved that as a theory. <laughs> 
So on the on the the funny side, there was a really funny bit about uh, spot ballot papers and when you were there trying mm. to get returning officers on side with spot papers and trying to make the you know say well this this kind of is a vote for us if you look at it. I mean, sadly we can't use the language <laughs> involved because when people spoil a ballot paper, sometimes it gets a bit it gets a bit lively. But I love the idea that you would sit in front of a returning officer and say, well, that drawing of you know uh, an appendage <laughs> is actually generally in the box for yeah. the Labour candidate, so that should be one of ours. Yeah, I tried that account for the Nottingham City elections <laughs> years ago. Well, I was just sent down there as the agent on the night. I hadn't been involved in the campaign at all, but they just needed someone there. You know, if it's close, you say we need a recount. And what people don't realise is if you spoil a ballot paper, the agents of the parties, and usually the candidates will see it because you all have to agree that it's spoiled because someone might say, well, actually. So I think I've used an example in the book. At the last election, there was someone in Brighton had written beside each candidate a particular insult. So let's say idiot. So they've written idiot, idiot, idiot. And then by the green candidate, they'd written not an idiot. And that did get counted as a vote. Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredible. And it was a worse word as well. It was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I did, I did try to, I did try to make the case that, and I was kind of only half joking. But if they'd have let me have it, that a drawing of a part of the male anatomy yeah. was perhaps pointing in a particular direction that favoured a candidate. We should have mentioned. And I didn't get very far. We should mention spitting image too quickly because uh, I've seen three of them. It's fun, and and although it's on been on BritBox this week it's going to actually be on ITV isn't it so a lot more people will get the opportunity to see it I think that's right Saturday night it's a US election special on ITV which is really exciting that so many people are going to be able to watch it Um, I mean whenever these clips are put online they get millions of views really quickly so there's Mm. a huge public appetite to see it but you know to be from inner city Nottingham and end up impersonating the President of the United States is just a bizarre thing for me to be doing but (laughs) it's a great great honour to be doing it and with you guys as well I know that Huckabee and Jukebs, you're great, great guys. And I love you both. You're my favourite Irish presenters. I love listening to you when I'm over in Wales. I mean, just, I mean, this is the thing, is it? As Mike Yarwood used to find over the years, these politicians drift out. You, do you want him to win secretly, Matt? You think, and it's just... I mean, he's not the sort of bloke who's going to disappear from the, from the public eye, whatever happens. Well, you know what? That's what I tell myself, is that, <laughs> is that I obviously don't want him to win because no. I care about this sort of thing. But then at the back of my mind, I think, I'd be a shame if I have to stop doing him. But then I think he's, you know, he's probably going to dispute it. This thing may go on and on. And as you say, he's not just going to retire away. No. You know, he's still going to be a big figure. So I'm st- there's still plenty of fun left. But obviously what is so funny about him, and this is where it, and this is where tragedy is part of the comedy, is it is insane that he's the leader. And that's what makes it funny. You know, had he lost, it's not as funny. It's yeah. only funny that he's in charge, and that's what is that's what that's where the comedy is contained. Is that yeah. this unhinged individual actually won? And then the, <laughs> that's what's so mad about it. You go, in a way, it's hard not to find it funny. Yeah. Um, equipment on Forest. Chris doing all right for you, isn't he? Made a solid start. Yes, and I think we're playing better as well. You know, I mean, not not that I understand tactics or anything like that, but the performances under Sabri towards the end were negative, and they were. They were they were hard to watch. It wasn't entertaining, but already Chris Hooten obviously is you know one win and two draws, and maybe we were slightly unlucky not to get something out of the Derby game. But already I think we're playing better. And Knockart when he came on against Derby looked absolutely superb. Yeah. And Lyle Taylor scored. You know Freeman looks really good. So I think they've made some really good signings. But it's just that, you know, how many times have I been on here talking yeah. about is this going to be Forest season? And, oh, it seems to be going all right with this new manager. You know, so. 
Oh we'll man, I, don't, I just don't dare dream. And I think we said this at the end of last season. Hmm. I, I can't, you know, that it's just always there niggling away at the back of the mind. <laughs> just very quickly, uh, you do make mention of your time presenting on TalkSport in the book. And Mark's been in touch. He said there was an old clip with Matt. Could you dig it out when he was uh, in the studio presenting overnight? So I don't know if you remember this moment. Matt, have a listen. There are some who think that if government control it, you won't have a free press. There has never, ever been a free press in any country in the world. In communist countries, they were controlled by government, and in capitalist countries, they've been controlled by the plutocrats. There's never, ever been a free press for the people. Ever. You don't agree, Matt? Jimmy... Oh, sorry about that, Jimmy. I fell off my chair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The overnight shift on any radio station is tough going. And I was just sort of leaning back as far as I could on one of those chairs in the studio. That absolutely stacks it. But I love the fact that he just carries on. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. He sees it as a sign you don't think he's talking sense. That's great. I mean, that could have been a lot worse, but I properly stacked it. But you would get, you know, doing the overnights on any radio station is you do get you have to find ways to entertain yourself beyond the people you're talking to <laughs> well Matt we wish you well with the book good to talk to you as always we'll oh, catch up with you soon thank you both it's always a pleasure thank you all the best um, Matt Ford's book Politically Homeless uh, published by Quirkus out in Harvard. well I think Keanu wouldn't survive that yeah <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> do for him Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. It's Deirdre. You know Deirdre from Dear Deirdre? Oh, yeah, Deirdre from it's Dear Deirdre. Uh, it's her yeah. 40th anniversary of being on the sun. And, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. They published some of this. I picked out a couple of football based ones. This, oh, nice. This That's one, good. This yeah, was yeah. good. Uh, Dear Deirdre, my boyfriend's only real passion in life is football. When we were making love the other night, he suddenly remembered he was missing a game and switched on the telly. Then he made me move so he could see the match and still make love to me. At that point, I simply gave up. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can understand why that, that, that might be an Dedicated issue. to football. Yeah. Another one was very similar, but basically the, the woman was in love with David Beckham. So. Okay. Oh, that's and that didn't and, and didn't go down well with the boat. <laughs> really, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, you've also been telling us this afternoon about um, sporting items you've used for non-sporting purposes because uh, Ian Carter from Lytham wrote to the uh, Telegraph. We told you earlier on. He said, "I'm suffering from scam phone calls, so I keep mm. a referee's whistle by the phone. Wait till the scammer gets into their stride, then I give them a blast." Mm, okay. So you've been telling us about some of the sporting items you're using for non-sporting purposes. I wedge my baseball bat across my loft hatch to prevent my loft ladder from falling down. Says um, what the Louisville Slugger was designed for, most certainly, Paul. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. I have a cricket bat in my house, which is used anytime something's dropped behind the cooker. Says uh, Leeds fan Bielsa Ball. Um, during lockdown, says Roast Parsnip, probably not his real name. Um, I made uh, a mini bean rack uh, for my mum using fishing rods. Worked a treat. Uh, this is from Mark in Manchester. A mini bean rack. A mini bean rack, yeah. It's a rack for the beans, I'm guessing. Um, my 
It's a rack for beans. Well, I, 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 well, I don't mean baked beans in tins. I imagine no, it's ones in, in the garden. Sort, any sort. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're with us. Yeah, it's, it's I am not, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, good. Beans are growing beans. Yeah, yeah growing right. beans. You're not, not baked storing beans. beans. No, there's no. You don't use a cricket bat to store yeah, tins of yeah. beans on there. No. Uh, my dad used the fat end of my snooker cue to paint the living room ceiling. But he made a lovely job of that. <laughs> he gaffer taped the roller to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. To negate the need for a set of steps, says Mark. That's actually, that works quite well. I thought he was actually painting with the butt end of a cue. <laughs> and uh, this is nice. I, marks of blue chalk. Yeah. <laughs> I use a British Horse Racing Authority approved whip to get the TV remote from the floor between the sofa and the wall in my lounge. <laughs> If I knock it off when uh, dozing in the evening, it also gets other items, pens, etc., from under the sofa. But don't overuse it, Dave, because we don't want you in front of the stewards <laughs> for excessive use of the whip, do we? Hawksby uh, and Jacobs here on TalkSport. <laughs> Keep them coming. Non-sporting items, uh, sorry, sporting items that you used in a non-sporting way. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. A bit of housekeeping. Yeah, go on then. Um, the guys at uh, Stoke Gabriel, you know, the team that had the terrible yeah, record. Course, yeah. uh, Trademark Britain's worst team, etc. But there's always a reason why that happens. Um, we spoke to the gaffer again last week and wished them luck. Well, maybe we helped because they lost, but they lost 6-0 and apparently it was a good performance. That's a bit so the feeling is yeah. the results are getting better, the performances are getting better, but uh, it was still a defeat. But uh, they're not letting in the 15s and 14s. It's so hard, that. must it be, must very be hard difficult for a very young players, team. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep you in touch with uh, how they're getting on. Uh, Mylene Klass oh, yeah. uh, apparently has a phobia of crumpets. <laughs> Can you believe this? I've never heard of this one before. Because she's got a fear of crumpets due to suffering from a phobia of tiny holes. It's called tryptophobia. Never heard, never of, that heard of that one. That, yeah. That's she would have hated that. the England 1970 World Cup shirt. <laughs> she would have done. That's what, what a lovely, beautifully brought back to I sport. Like the crumpet-like nature of the Airtex shirts worn by I Bobby Charlton, I remember a Phoenix from the Flames with the late, great Brian LeBone who played in that game, of course. Yeah. And he brought the shirt along. The actual England shirt. The actual shirt. And he, bless him, Brian, he, he wore it during the For the, the Phoenix. But it was freezing. It was up, up in Middlesbrough somewhere and it was absolutely freezing. Yeah. And he still was prepared to put it on. But it was, you know, it was built for the heat of Guadalajara, wasn't it? <laughs> to get him out, to thaw out. And we <laughs> mentioned last week, uh, the, well, the other thing about there being no crowds there and mm. no atmosphere, unless you go for the atmosphere on the TV coverage, is you can hear the players scream when they're fouled. Mm. And there was a game last week or the week before and it did seem that the referee was working to the, the to the high pitched screams. I think it was in the England. It was the Spanish ref in the England games. Really? Who, the louder you screamed as a Danish player, the more chance you had of getting them booked. <laughs> well, that's uh, Mike Stahl, who's the uh, goalkeeping coach at Leicester. He has accused uh, uh, Bakio Saka of that. He says uh, he yelped. Uh, when Fafana fouled him, apparently, and he got booked. Fafana fouled him. Fafana fouled him, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Stale shouted out then, you scream and you get a yellow card. Uh, but I've not seen the tackle. I didn't watch the game live, no, so I've got no idea whether it was deserving of a card or not. But I think, you know, the referee's about to be affected by it. If you're suddenly, you know, there's a game going and you hear a high-pitched scream, then you are going to react to it. So uh, we'll see if that makes any difference in the games tonight. Um, Sven, you're on Ericsson. I remember him. Um, you remember him, yeah, yeah the old yeah. England manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's um, he's selling fifty quid video messages. If you're interested, oh, for God's sake. yeah, he offers you he offers you COVID tips amongst other things. Well, <laughs> stay well, stay well, stay well, uh, <laughs> and uh, so he's doing that. One minute pep talks he'll give you as well, Sven. 
which is quite nice. If you pay 50 quid for that, you're an absolute idiot. Okay, well, I don't think it says it on, on the ad, um, on the yeah, website. Doesn't need the money. He's got so much money, doesn't need the money. Honestly, these people are unbelievable. This they is what it's... The company called... If you yourself. are interested, take the notice of Uncle Andy, because if you are interested in a pep talk or COVID advice from the former England manager, although I hope it's not the advice he gave England in the second half of the Brazil <laughs> game in Japan, yeah. they I'll, all went pear I'll give you some advice I mean, for nothing. Okay, uh, Memo, it's called, with two M's. Sven Joran is one of Sweden's top football managers of all time. Well, that's says. true. Yeah. Now Svenis is on memo to give shout-outs for your birthday, pep talks, In anyone for Svenis. <laughs> that's right. Get a personal video message from Sven Goran Eriksson today for just 50 quid. So that's there we are. If you're interested, uh, I thought I'd pass that on to you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, good news for our non-league fans. Uh, Farnborough, Andy Smartsley, won 4-1. Couldn't believe it. That All was right. tremendous. And uh, Torquay got through that next to the next round of the FA Cup. They beat the mighty Scholling, who I've never heard of. Scholling, that's Schoeling. right. Scholling, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, was, apparently uh, one, the game they were one of our lads who used to work here was playing. Michael for Kern, yeah, he's done shows here. Yeah. He was he was part he's part of the uh, I think uh, playing and coaching staff at Scholling. But uh, it's mm. the draw this evening. I think so after seven o'clock, the first round proper. So uh, a lot of excitement. Hopefully. Andy, I bet you can't wait for the first round proper draw of the FA Cup, can you really? Well, you don't really get interested into the semi final. And we'll move on. Rita Ora is uh, oh, yes. always in the news and she's in every day. Well, thanks to you, she is. <laughs> no, it's not thanks to me. You it's keep the dream the pro- alive for Rita. The, honestly, she's, she basically is an advertising hoarding. It says, Rita Ora looks utterly enchanting as she models jewellery. Yeah. The singer, 29, was promoting Thomas Sabo magic stones. Well, it wouldn't be plumbing supplies, would it? <laughs> it might honest. be. Rita yeah, says, hang on, I'll go and get <laughs> me, me rods. rods. That'd be great. Rita's rods. Rita's rods. I'm sorry, mate, it's backed up. I'm going <laughs> to need to get me rods out the van, says Rita Ora. Uh, Ted Dexter, Andy, would have oh, heard of, yeah, the former England cricketer. Um, and uh, he, Lord <laughs> Ted, he has a new book out in which there's an oh, amazing fact. Now, amazing fact that uh, if a six-foot putter dropped rather than lipped mm. out, he would have qualified for the 1978 Open. Yes, he was a wonderful golfer. Yeah. He played probably one of the best test innings I've ever seen. I remember bunking... Uh, no, it wasn't bunking off. That was Colin Milburn. This was... Okay. I was at the ground. You have ground. a bit no, of a no. record of bunking off then. No, no, not really. I was at the ground for this. Would explain it a lot. It was against the West Indies. Seven, it was only 70. I say only 70, but it was against that great West Indies team of the mid-60s. I remember yeah. I was a kid and... Tremendous stayed with me. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me to leave it out. Yes, it's that time again. We asked Andy five questions based on last week's show. His memory is not the greatest, but I'm, I'm feeling today, Andy, this could be a good one. Uh, we, on Friday, we spoke to uh, prop Eddie Batty uh, of London Broncos. He's oh, currently yeah. on loan at which rugby league club? Wakefield. He is, yeah. yeah they Wakefield had a good win, didn't they? First they did. win since March. And they won at the weekend good as well. Good yeah, yeah. Did they? They oh, did, good. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Then on Thursday we spoke to um, we spoke to John Bullock from Falmouth Rugby Club and about a 1905 All Blacks top they were selling off to improve the clubhouse and he told us about three legendary brothers at the club that shared the same oh. surname. What was that surname? Oh, it was a funny name, wasn't it? And mm. uh, and we had the thing with the, the picture, Richard <sighs> Puttock. His name, his name was, he was a dick. Yeah. I mean, if that was his name, he yeah. wasn't a Richard. I'll put uh, it that way. <sighs> no? No. It was Dick Jacket. Oh, Jacket. Dick, it was the famous Jacket, the three oh, Jacket the brothers. Jackets. We spoke to uh, the sensational... Jacket in. The sens- <laughs> jacket in, yeah. Sensational women's darts player on uh, yeah. Wednesday. Uh, can you remember her name? Dita Hedman. Dita Hedman, well done, absolutely spot on. Jackets. Uh, we spoke to Tom Dequette as well, the Dutch actor-writer of which musical it is called? 14. 14, Andy. The jackets are going to do for you. Although, would you have got this one? We spoke to a guy called Senna Caucasus. He is the CEO of a new sport. We spoke to him last Monday. What was the sport? Oh, it's this, uh, it's like American football. Football without helmets. That's right. Seven. U- I would have given that to UF Seven or something. Or yeah, Dick Jacket and the brothers did for you. Oh, God. Well, that was quite exciting. No what? jackets required for no me. Jackets. <laughs> Here we are. Okay, Thank you. exhausted those now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow. Cricket. Luke Fletcher will be joining us to chat about his new book, amongst other things. And uh, well, that's it, really. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talksport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 